Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game-related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. All right, Natasha, we're back from the Dice Tower Cruise. Ooh, I am exhausted. I'm still recovering. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. All right, Cruise. So we are going to talk about the Dice Tower Cruise. So this episode, let, before we get in, get all caught up in everything, we are going to talk about the Dice Tower Cruise. That's our topic this week. We are going to review some games. Because one of the things we did get a chance to play, or at least I should say I got a chance to play. Finally. Finally, Foundations of Rome. Man, and the thing was, it was so hard to get that game played on the cruise, and we'll talk about it. But uh, we're going to review that game, and then we were actually able to play uh, Mili Fiori. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Probably not. The new Reiner Knizia game. I say newer, but I know our local game shop just got it in. Yeah, it was... In um, England first for a while. Now it's finally made it to the United States. Which was kind of cool. to We got a chance to play that. And Tom Vassell taught us the game, which was super exciting. Mm-hmm. So those are the games we're going to review. And like I said, we're going we're gonna to dive into most of the Dice Tower stuff, the Dice Tower crew stuff, and the topic. Foundations of Rome. Let's talk about Foundations of Rome. So this game, like when we were trying to play it, I was like, okay, we had like a couple goals going into this Dice Tower cruise, right? There's a couple Mm -hmm. things that we're like, we want to do. And my thing was, I want to play Foundations of Rome. Yep. I'm like, I need to finally play this game. And uh, everyone everyone that we were talking to was on board with this. You know, everyone's like, we'll do it. We're going to play Foundations of Rome. You know how difficult it was to get that game checked out? I think everybody had that same goal, Bob. It was ridiculous. I there at one point I'm playing I'm playing a game. Uh, it was Great Western Argentina, Great Western Trail Argentina. I'm playing this game. I know where Foundations of Rome is, and I know what shelf it's supposed to be on. It's right by each other. And the two people I'm playing with, they know that I'm trying to play this game. So they're keeping an eye on it, too. Mm-hmm. And finally, they're like, oh, he's packing it up. He's packing it up. Let's do it. And then all of a sudden, out of my corner of my eye, I see another actually set of friends that we made. Like running, and they all of a sudden they snag it from them. They go up to the thing, and I'm like, <laughs> "But I'm you like, were guys, in the middle of the game. You couldn't have grabbed it anyways." Well, you can check out a game for five hours. All right, I was able. I would have been able to snag that game. Yeah, but that's rude. And Tom has a, a policy against that, which I appreciate and would like to honor. You don't it, get to just you don't get to check out a game and set and set it next to you for when you're ready to play it. You get to check out a game when you're ready to play it. I mean, I guess, but like. It was, man, it was just, it was so incredibly difficult to get that game. And then we finally did. It was always being played. It, yeah. There was always a table with it. Probably would have been easier to to uh, find who was playing it and just ask to play with them. <laughs> Agreed. And I should have done that. But I, yeah, I, I did. Well, we got but it in though. We got it. We did get it in. Which And the best part about it is we actually got it in with uh, somebody from the Dice Tower, which was cool. It was cool to be able to sit down and. That led to another couple of games with that person. And like I said, we'll talk about that. But yeah, Foundations of Rome. I'm re- I'm super curious, super curious when Tom Basil does his, uh, you know, popular checkouts or whatever for the cruise. I mean, I, he's got to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see that and see which games got checked out more than any other games. It was Foundations of Rome and Wonderland's War. That was on our list to play as well. That was and, hard to find. Yeah. And that was always being played. Yeah, it was uh, our friend Marty that went with us. He hadn't had a chance to play Wonderland's War, and he wanted to play it. And I was like, dude, I'll teach it. We just got to snag it. And every time we went to find it, it was somebody somebody already had it set up and playing. And they had the super cool deluxe copy, so all the pieces were really nice and just, yeah. And Wendy was, had painted all the minis, so they looked yeah, super cute. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was pretty good. So that, unfortunately, we did not get that played. But... We did get Foundations of Rome played. Let's talk about it. This is a city-building game designed by Emerson Matsucci, or by Damien Melotti, published by Arcane Wonders. In this game, players are Roman architects, buying empty lots and constructing buildings to gain the most victory points. Foundations of Rome is played over the course of three rounds. Each round will have a deck of cards that contains the various spots on the board. Once the players have gone through that deck, that will end the round. So on a player's turn, they can take one of three actions. The first action they can take is income. The players will collect five silver plus any additional silver if you have built any of the commercial buildings in Rome. The second action they can do is buy a deed. These are the cards I mentioned earlier, and they will be displayed in a market with costs associated with each spot. When you buy a deed, you get to place one of your ownership markers in that spot to help you remember that you own that spot, plus you have a limited number of spots you can own at a time. 
And lastly, you can construct a building. This is where you're going to use the spaces you purchased to construct a building. You could also upgrade a previously played building if you happen to acquire more deeds that are connected to that building. There are three building types in the game that you can build. The first is commercial buildings, which give you additional income when you take the income action, but they also score you points at the end of each round. There are residential buildings that increase your population. Uh, those don't give you any points directly, but they, they will based on how much population each player has according to all the other players. And finally, there is the civic buildings, and these are going to give you points based on conditions. So for example, one building might say score one point for every building around it. At the end of the round, players will be scoring points based on the buildings they have built, how much population they have, and the scoring conditions on their civic buildings. After the last round, whoever has the most points wins. So what makes this game fun is the quick, snappy turns, extremely streamlined gameplay, and overall aesthetic. Because the when you finish a game of this, that board just looks so cool with all the minis and all the buildings just displayed out in Rome. I think that's one of the like main things about this game is that aesthetic. Yeah, it looks gorgeous at the end of the game. And then throughout the game, turns are real snappy. You either take income, you or you buy a card, or you put out a building. Like it's it's one, two, or three, and it's real quick to do any of those. So it's a nice, snappy, quick game. At the end of it, you've got this gorgeous map with these beautiful buildings and then you know these ones were washed so they looked even better but i mean it's pretty basic game yes so on the cruise we we met a bunch of people and one of the things we had talked about was foundations of rome and how i wanted to play it and one of the main reasons the barrier for entry in this game is cost right Mm -hmm. you can't talk about this game without talking about its cost which is unfortunate because it is an expensive game even like the base version without any expansions without a wash on the buildings which if i'm being honest you can buy it unwashed and you can wash it yourself washing minis is probably the easiest thing you could do to a mini and i think any any beginner person who wants can learn how to wash a mini Mm -hmm. so i think you can do that yourself and there's some pride that you can take in the fact that you know you did that but just base alone is what, $120, $150? Yeah, something like that. So it's an expensive game for the the complexity of what you get. It's not just that it costs a lot of money. I mean, yes, it costs money, but it also costs space in your house. Yes. Like you need to have yes. room. Um, I don't think that you're going to, even if we bought this game, I don't think we'd be lugging it around to game night either. It'd be one that we'd be playing at my house only. Probably. If I owned it, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's it's a it's a bulky game. It takes up precious shelf room. Some people have more shelf space than others. But here's the thing. Emerson has been designing games that have just these quick, fast turns. He doesn't bog you down with like the rules of everything. What you're trying to figure out is positioning with other players. Like, when do I buy my deed? When do, do I wait for it to get cheaper? I don't have money now. If I take an income turn, Am I going to still, is that deed still going to be available for me? You know, he, he creates these extremely streamlined games. And the, the problem with this game is its production is phenomenal. It's so big. There's just mm-hmm. so many different things. I mean, you get those custom trays, you get the, everything is just like deluxified. It's the most deluxified game you could buy at a standard version. And I don't think it would be near as enjoyable without the deluxe version if, if they had made cardboard chits instead of the buildings, then you'd have to set it up. You'd have to put the, you know, you'd have to kind of collect all your pieces. That'd be a pain. The the way that these trays are laid out, you just pass out the trays, you're ready to go. I feel like this is a very specific game for a specific experience. You're going to keep it in your home. You're going to take it out. You're going to enjoy playing it because it's beautiful. Um, And and that's wonderful. But if that's not your thing, then you know, you're not going to be taking it to game night. You're not going to be lugging it around everywhere with you. It's just, it's kind of a, its own experience, I guess. Maybe not to be compared with other games. Yeah, I, I agree. It is an experience in itself, seeing how everything kind of plays out. I do think if you did cardboard, you could do something similar to like uh, Dice Forge, where you have those trays with like a little bit of paper around them to keep everything in place. Sure. You could be able to do something like that. So setup would be, a smidge quicker but the way it stands now i mean you just pull the trays out you give somebody a tray and you're done Mm -hmm. it's so fast because of all that and like 
I spent a lot of time thinking about this game because it's so weird because the game mechanics just remind me of those like century, you know, splendor, just quick doing these quick things. And if the game was, you know, 40 bucks, everyone's going to be like, yeah, this game is this game is great. The value you get for what you get for Mm -hmm. what the gameplay is, is fantastic. But we're talking about a game that has a high price point. And the, the one thing I keep coming back to is I remember when we did our tapestry review. I said it was I was somewhat polarized about like the civilizations like I was bummed that they weren't balanced, but I also respected Jamie for getting the data and then fixing it in errata, you know, making sure that you would have a balanced experience based on players playing it. Okay. And I said, you know what? Even with all that, I don't care. I just love how the game plays. That's the way I feel about Foundations of Rome. I don't care that it costs $200. I enjoyed my plays of it. And the thing mm-hmm. is, if somebody if somebody was like, hey, Bob, you want to play Foundations of Rome? I'd be like, yeah, for sure. It's a good game. It is a good game. It's fast. Mm-hmm. It's quick. I think there's good decisions about when you're going to like, you know, when you're going to bump up your popularity compared to other people about when do you buy your deeds? If some if a deed comes up, do you spend a ton of money to get it or do you wait for it to come down because nobody else wants it? Maybe somebody's going to block you. You can upgrade your buildings. You can you know, steal one spot and throw in a little civ building that's going to co- get you a bunch of points. I think that's, I don't think you're going to have this game that has crazy depth that in three plays you're going to be like, oh my God, I never even knew about this. I think it's just reacting to the players around you. Yeah, I I can appreciate the simplicity of the game. I did enjoy that. It's easy to teach, um, easy to learn. It's enjoyable. To me, the game is fine. Um, I cannot get past how large it is, and it's definitely not the game for me. Like I, you know, prefer to have less than more. So that's a game I will never own. I wouldn't want it even if I got it. I didn't have to pay for it. I just wouldn't want it in my home. It's just too big. Um, but I can appreciate that um, if you are somebody who likes um, a luxury experience, you like that that luxury gameplay. I think this is a great game to have, and I can understand why people people like the game a lot it's not my favorite style game either maybe that's part of it like to me it's fine you know i i think i'd much rather play um you know king domino or century spice road when it comes to those lighter games this is just a little bit a little bit boring and um methodical for me it's not as exciting as those um a game at this level it's not it's not that exciting for me. You know, the choices aren't that interesting for me. But I but I can certainly appreciate how some people would enjoy it. So what would you rate this game? Mm, I think if it production aside, probably I would give it a seven. Um, but with the big box production, it would bring it down to a five for me. I I think it's just so ridiculously over the top that um, I will play it if somebody else has it. But I would something I would never own. So a five based on how big it is now. Mm-hmm. And just if it wasn't if it wasn't that large, you would give it a seven is what you're Probably. saying. Probably. But who knows if I would because it would, would, you know, if it worked, you know, would it work being not that big? Yes. So that's that's the question. Right. And it's tough because this game and it's gone around the industry that people are talking about this game based on the gameplay compared to the, the price point. I'm giving this game an eight. I'm not factoring in uh, if it was this with, you know, because of the production, it's going to be this or whatever. I think as the game stands with how it's produced, with the type of gameplay it is and the experience that you have and what ends up happening and the overall aesthetic, everything put together as is, as the package is, I'm giving it an eight. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the aesthetic of it. I loved those buildings looked awesome. They were washed and they looked fantastic and putting Mm -hmm. them out on the board looked great. And I thought, it was fast enough and it was more about interacting with your players, other players. Like you put a civ building in a spot and let other players get you points. You're fighting for population because they're, they're worth points. You know, you want to put buildings out to all that put together, I think is a really fun experience. And I put it up there with like the centuries and the different things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, see to me, like just the big box of it, even when I, when I grabbed it off the shelf, I didn't even want to walk it over to the checkout. It was so heavy. I set it on the table and I lifted up the lid and I carried the lid to checkout <laughs> so I could get it scanned because it was so <laughs> heavy. If I owned this game, I wouldn't get it off the shelf and play it. It's just too big. 
Oh my god, I remember that. Uh, but, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. By all means, if you enjoy this game, enjoy this game. So that's the thing in our reviews. Like, who's this game for? Right? Yes. It's for the luxury gamer. Yes. Yeah. You know, you like luxury, nice things. You want to, you want this wow factor. You want to impress your friends when they come over because you're not bringing it anywhere. You're, your people are coming to you. You know, do you have game nights at your house? Um, do you like lighter games or do you want lighter games in your collection? There's a lot of reasons why you might own this game. I will never own this game, but you might and, and might love it. There's a chance I might try to pick it up. Honestly, just because I I enjoyed it and I think the aesthetic's cool and I would love nothing more than to sit down with new people and show them this game and show them what a game can look like. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is. This would be a great welcoming game. A hundred percent it is with Emerson. If you like Emerson's like fast streamlined stuff, you're going to like the gameplay in this, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, if. And the thing is, if you have a disposable $200 and a bunch of shelf space, this game is good and it should be fitted, fit in there. But if you're more minimalistic like Natasha is, then, I mean, it's probably not the game for you. It was, I still can't believe you just, you're like, screw this and pull the box cover off. <laughs> it was legit heavy. Oh my God. It's it too was... heavy for me. I don't even, I wouldn't even put it on the shelf. I'd want to sit on the floor. Time to go to the gym, bro. You got to start like, <laughs> come on now. And the people that bought it at the conventions and then they had to lug it around the convention. Yeah, no, no thanks. Oh, d- oh man, no thank you. That I would never do. I'd keep it at my house, but I, I play enough. It would be a good family game. I think, you know. It would like, be a good family game. You know, Lila would like it. Honestly, my son might even like it because he likes history. He might mm-hmm. be interested in a game like this. And again, with, you know, introducing people into the hobby. The downfall is if you like, if you introduce somebody to Ticket to Ride, they're out like 50 bucks, right? But if you're like, if you introduce somebody to Foundations in Rome, they're like, man, I really like this. I want to pick this up. You're like, yeah, you're going to have to drop about 200 bucks on it. <laughs> that might be a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's difficult because you, again, you're, I said it before, you're comparing cost with gameplay, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I think if you look at that box and go, wow, that looks cool then you probably will like this game. If you look at yes. that box and go, no way. Then, I mean, you just know. Like, you'll know if this is for you or if it's not for you. The game is fine. For somebody like me who enjoys large, luxurious Kickstarters, mm-hmm. this is the kind of game that I'm like, ooh, nice, right? Mm-hmm. But for you, no, no. For so- <laughs> you don't upgrade any of your components. No, I, I'm just simple and I don't need the fancy stuff, but but I do enjoy it. I do enjoy playing with fancier. I mean, it is a fun one to play with. It's like, ooh, you pull it out and you're like, all the pieces are in the right spot. And yeah, it's just, you know, some some people like to have this beautiful collection with all the nice bits and they get it out and they just enjoy it. And and that's a that's a personal thing. And if that's your thing, then then this game will fit right in, in your collection. Pretty much, yeah, I agree. But you don't need to feel bad if you're not buying it. You, if you're like, mm, then then just pass. You know that there's plenty of other games out there for you. Truth be told, I mean, I guarantee you somebody owns it, or I guarantee you most game libraries and conventions are probably going to have it. Would be my yeah. guess. But it's probably would be a convention game. You play it out every time you have a convention. Get it out, play it. Perfect. Yeah, pretty much. But that was Foundations of Rome. All right, Millie Fiore. This is my style game. Oh right? my god! This is the n- most Natasha game that ever Natasha the game. I mean, good <laughs> lord! It's designed by Reiner Knizia. Art is by Stefan Lorenz. It's published by Schmidt Spiel. This is a drafting game, straight up drafting. It's about making glasses. It's got this really highly thematic theme. It, they describe it all in the rulebook. It's very thematic, Bob. You I may not know that playing it. I but honestly it's very didn't even thematic. know. I didn't even know it had a theme. I knew there were ships in it, and like the you're the shipping glass, you're <laughs> making glass, you're selling glass, and you're shipping glass. Cool. And you're trying to be the best glass maker. It's really why, important that you understand. Why do they have theme. crab icons? In the, anyway, continue. Continue with your overview of game. <laughs> so each card, there's a there's a spot on the board, and there's a card that represents each spot on the board. And you're gonna you get a hand of cards, and you're gonna draft them. 
And then um, in turn order, you reveal what card you draft and then you place your tile in that spot. And there's uh, four different sections of the board and depending on the tile, the card you flip over, that's where you're going to place your tile and some of them are more specific than others. But they all kind of have the same idea that the more tiles you put down in an area, the more you're going to get points. Sometimes you're going to give people who put tiles there before you points. It kind of, they each score a little bit differently. But basically, the more air, the more tiles you can get in the in the section, the better you'll be. And then if you can be the first one to get a set, complete set, you can earn more points. You can also, um, there's this fun little thing where if you hit this, these spots, then you can get a free action where you draft, you can, there's these cards that are out in the open that nobody used that you can then um, take a free action and get a bonus turn, I suppose. What makes this game really fun is um, that all of these pieces that you put on in there are kind of clear. So they cover up the, t- the spot, but with your with your color but they still look really pretty so it ends up looking really pretty you know it's funny that you said the best part about this game is the components are cool because i in my head i did not think you were going to say that i thought you were going to say the combo tastic turns you can have in this game because this is this is the board game version of roll and write combo tasticness what this is what happens you put down a thing and you get a bonus action, which allows you to put down this other thing. This gives you another bonus action, which gives you over here. And then all of a sudden you score like 60 points or something ridiculous. We had to argue with one of the players that you had lapped him because he's like, no, no, she didn't. We're like, bro, she's at like 200 some points. Yeah. And everyone else was like in the hundreds. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's my problem with the game. Uh-oh. <laughs> It was super cool if you were the first player because you knew exactly that you'd be able to play this card. But if you if somebody played a card before you, they could block you. And then now all of a sudden you're what was going to be like 20, 30 points or an extra turn. They took it. So turn order really mattered in this game. And you could get totally screwed over if you were if somebody went ahead of you and played a card where you wanted to go. So I have a question with this game is. So that what that's one of the things you brought up is you can get blocked. When you're drafting the cards, remind me, do you draft the card first and then in turn order play or the first player drafts a card, plays it, next player drafts a card, plays it? So you all draft the card at once and then you reveal in turn order and play it. So uh, we're all okay. going to pick it at once, but then now all of a sudden I play the card that you were going to play, the spot that you were going to play. Um, they're not... so. They don't re- they don't coordinate one to one. So they're um some of them are very specific. They can only go in certain spots, but some of them you're taking the next available spot or you're picking one of these types of spots. So you can totally get blocked out of going to a spot you had planned on going to because somebody went in front of you. How come we didn't do that to you? We should have done that to you. How do how come we didn't do that? I I don't know. I well okay. It went. It, I think you. It started with you, yes. and then. It went around five times. So you got to be start player twice. Yes. Which is a big problem in a game that turn order really matters. But, okay, there is a variant in the rule book that says you can decide what turn what card you want to take in turn order. So you can just wait and then decide what card to play after the person in front of you plays the card. But they said, but be warned, it will extend the length of the game, obviously. But that matters so much. That changes the entire game. Man, it does change things quite a bit. Because if I'm being if full in interest of full disclosure, when we were playing, I drafted my card first. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I set the cards down because you were to my left. So I drafted. I should have hate blocked you. And I didn't. All right, guys, I get it. Don't no need to email me. I know it's my fault that she scored that many points. So I would draft my card and I would set the cards between us kind of next Mm -hmm. to the board for you to take and i had my card that i was going to play and then i would just kind of see what would happen but i'm pretty sure either either both or one of the other players had their full set of cards and waited until an action happened and then picked their card well in the rule book they could do that we should have decided as a group because you definitely got screwed over a couple times i did yeah on that one track yeah i did because you get points for each one that you are um that have in front of you unless somebody goes in between you because then you all of a sudden you what would have been like 20 points for you is now one point. So then you'd want to choose a different card. But then then that just makes the game not interesting. Because you have to now you're just it's all about, oh, man, the AP, the AP that would happen from doing that. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be fun. 
Yeah, because you would just be looking for the best spot based on your carts to like maximize all your stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just a matter of, oh, what cards are there? Oh, I could go there. I could go there. Well, I'll get more points if I go there. Well, I'll get more points if I go there later. You know, to, I don't know. I just overall, it really is a game for me. But man, it just kind of was fine. Interesting. I, I, I feel like it's a fun little activity and one I would enjoy and I'd play over and over again, but I didn't feel like there was any tension in the game. I didn't feel like it stressed me out at all. It just felt like a nice little leisurely activity. Oh, I get a ton of points. Oh, I get another turn. Oh, I get a free action. Like it wasn't, but it still kind of wasn't that exciting for me. Hmm. Interesting because I would have expected you to like this game more. Yeah. Like if there was a game, like I said in the beginning, like I said, this is a Natasha game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about trying to combo your turns. And I think I would always play this. I would totally always play it. But I don't know that it was really that interesting. Hmm. I don't hmm. think my choices were that interesting. Man, I came into this thinking one thing and now I'm completely like flipping my opinion about something because I didn't realize. But, but, but we played it one time on the cruise. We so did maybe this is a game we need to just play more and then, and then, and then have a full opinion about it. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And the other thing too is we were taught by Tom. He kind of explained the game, and Tom did a great job teaching. But I also think we needed just a little extra, just sit and let us go through a round or two, mm-hmm. you know. But hand holding throughout, yeah, yeah, just a nice. just like maybe a first round or whatever. But even then, sometimes that I he was getting pulled in so many directions, it was would have been difficult for him to do that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it would change the game if you're just waiting on that, because then you would have all the perfect information. Then you would just uh, you're just trying to like combo more than the other person be the most comboy person there mm-hmm. i mean that said i mean you just still whoop us and there was a couple feel bad moments when i had drafted a card and i was like if i play this card i'm going to score 30 points and then somebody took my spot and i was like dang it so now i score five because i still yeah. have that card i can't do anything else so i did mm-hmm. yes like you said i did get screwed over a couple times but yeah i i, I would still recommend this game I still think it's a very relaxing, beautiful, fun little game. I think it's a great, would be a great family game. You can just kind of, you know, there, there's no wrong answer. You you do whatever you want to do and you put a tile down and you're going to score some points. And oh, look, now if you play this card, you can score a bunch of points. I think it's it's fine and all and and it's great. But it but to me, there was just no tension and no, no really difficult decisions. Sure. Makes so. sense. Yeah. That's where I, that's where it's at. For me, I'd probably give it I'd give it a seven. Okay. I I think it depends on who I'm playing it with. If I'm playing it with you, I'm gonna give it a six. If I'm playing it with anybody else, I'll probably give it a seven. So we'll go six and a half. <laughs> when when we I did no like joke. that I scored like a ton of points. My favorite part is when the guy's like, she's only at like this. We're like, no, dude, she she laughed you, bro. <laughs> she's at two hundred something. She is? Yeah, 100% she is. We first started playing this game. This is no joke. So we're playing the game, right? And I see you like doing your thing. Like, you know, I'm going to put it here and get this extra action. I'm going to do this or whatever. And in my head, I was like, ah, well, I lost this one. (laughs) There's no (laughs) way I'm going to win this game. (laughs) I also, uh, one thing like that you're better at than me is you're better at hate drafting. I don't like to hate draft. I like to me draft. I like to just draft whatever is going to benefit me. I don't like looking at other people and I don't like wasting a turn just to try to block somebody else. So that's a big part of this game as well is you really need to do that. And that's just not my style. The thing is, I don't necessarily hate draft that often either. It's it's usually if I see you like running away with it, I'm like, I feel obligated mm-hmm. to take the card that I prefer I think you to want. sit back and let everybody else duke it out. You can fight them, and then I'll just like continue scoring points. Do 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 do. Gonna <laughs> lap you twice. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are like, oh, you need to stop Bob over there, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll stop Bob. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. And I'm just gonna keep getting points. <laughs> That actually, the funny thing is that happened in one of the games we played. They were going after me. I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is not your best decision, even though it was. Yeah. That was a completely different game, but yeah. All right. Well, that's Millie Forey. I'd still check it out. I'd recommend this game if you like um, drafting games, if you want something that's really beautiful, a good family, um, kind of light, uh, low stress game. Millie Fiore. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our reviews for this episode. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come down, we are going to be talking about our experience on the Dice Tower Cruise. Woo-hoo. 
Welcome back, friends. We are now going to be discussing our trip on the Dice Tower cruise. We did it. We uh, this the week this is coming out. Um, we're back. This is going to be what two weeks that we're already back, but mm-hmm. we're recording this pretty much right after the cruise. So, our thoughts, impressions of the Dice Tower cruise. So let's let's start off talking about the cruise experience itself. Okay, just as a cruise. Just it just blank like Dice Tower's not even mentioned. Just straight cruise. Okay, yeah, we've never done a cruise before. No, Neither we have of us not. Have. Yeah. Yep. So it was a very it was a first time experience for all of us and our whole group actually that yes. went. Yep. And it was definitely an experience. I it, hmm, cruise. I don't I don't know. It, I feel like you'll know if you like a cruise. Do you want a vacation? Where you don't have to plan anything. You don't have to put any pre-planning, any work ahead of it. You just show up and you're just like, hmm, I'm going to go do this. Or I'm going to go do this. Or I want to eat food. Or I want to eat more food. Or I definitely want three servings of the same food. You know, if if that's the vacation you're looking for, then the cruise is great. If you're looking for, you know, like culture, experience, probably not so much. <laughs> I agree 100% with that statement it is not a cruise is not about experiencing the culture of the islands you go to no you have such a small limited amount of time and you can do excursions but some of the excursions are going to take you the entire time mm-hmm. that you're off the boat and they're very specific to that excursion yeah. so they're yep. not going to be like a culturally and a cultural experience it's really more of a tourist thing agreed and it okay two things the experience of getting on the boat first is you give them your luggage like beforehand, like there's a bunch of people and they they wrap a uh, uh, little thing around your luggage saying that this is the room they're going to, right? Mm-hmm. And then they just take it and you you hear it'll be at your room at some point. You're like, okay. And then when we get on the boat, we don't have our room keys. We're like, how do we get our room keys? So we went down to guest services. We're like, hey, like when do we get our room keys? And they're like, oh, they're in your door of your room. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll be they'll be there later. They say because they'll clean the yeah. rooms. Yeah, they're they'll be there. Like that just was weird for me. And maybe it was weird. It's you like, just walk on the cruise, and all of a sudden you're just on a boat, and you're like, "Oh, what do you do? I don't, I don't know. Walk around, whatever yeah, you want, be, yeah. except for go to your room." <laughs> and then, like, so we get to our, we finally like decide to go check out our room, and there in the like room number is like a little envelope, and it has our keys in it. So realistically, anyone could have just snagged them. I don't know why they would, but they could have. It just felt weird. But our luggage wasn't there. And then later on, eventually, we when you get back to your room, your luggage is sitting out in front of your room. And I was like, that just felt weird. But to be fair, like the people who clean your rooms, they're constantly in those corridors anyway, you know. But when I first stepped on the boat, my instant thought was it felt like a casino. Yes, it very much felt like a Vegas experience. There was a casino there. Yep. It was very, it was very built up. It was very grand and luxurious, but it was all like made up luxury right i mean that's yes. what you expect yep. i mean it was it was wonderful like the service was amazing it yes. all worked out it was all very well tuned um the luggage was there everything was great you know there was always people there to get you what you wanted answer your questions it was very luxurious the service of the people on the boat was top notch like I, the service was amazing like the people mm-hmm. were all friendly they were all very good to you know interact with they you know, they took care of you. It's funny because uh, as soon as I got back, uh, my family and I went out to eat and the service was awful. I was like, wow, I really wish I was back on that boat, you know? <laughs> and the thing yeah, is- Yeah, it was best service I've ever gotten. It was like Disney level service. Yeah, it was really good. And so th- with that, I think that I think that is one of the major benefits, obviously. And then you go to three islands. So you, we went to the Bahamas. What'd you think of the Bahamas? It was cool. I, th- I think we had the most authentic- experience from the bahamas it was very they had a bunch of shops you had to walk through we had to walk to get to the beach we found a nice little beach with all these little um um, shops along the edge of the beach that you could buy drinks in. it was really cute and gorgeous and beautiful and it felt very like best way i can describe it is city beach like uh like a bigger city that's on a beach yeah, it was very much catered to the tourists there was just a lot of shops you could go to it was yep. very much a tourist experience yep I agree. And then uh, Island 2 was Haiti, but we actually, I don't feel like we saw Haiti. We saw extension of Royal Caribbean. So Royal Caribbean owned this, uh, this little part of the beach and it was very beautiful and well taken care of, but it was definitely felt like we were 
on a well cultivated island. I don't know. I agree. I, I loved it though. It was my it was my favorite my favorite beach mm-hmm. by far. It was, it was, it was beautiful. beautiful. They had taken really good care of it. They had all kinds of chairs for you to sit on. Um, people that would take care of you, whatever you wanted, they would bring it to you. It was great. They even served us lunch there, but it didn't feel like we were like experience anything local. You know what I mean? It was very much a manufactured little paradise cut Agreed. out. Yeah. We did not experience Haiti. We did yeah. not see Haiti, which is pro- honestly probably for the best considering they're like, political turmoil but and the other part of haiti that the haiti for the most part was my favorite except there's like the shops area it's like artisan lane or artisan alley or something like that those people were brutal come check out hey big man hey big man come check out my shop like oh my god it was awful people yelling at me from across the way to come to their shop i'm like i'm out like i Mm -hmm. I, at one point i you know you, me, and Marty were in there, and I looked at you, and I was like, "I can't, I can't do this anymore. I gotta go." And You're Marty's better like, off not even going. You don't even want to look because then they harass you. And yeah, our buddy Marty had to start pretending like he didn't speak English in order to like get people to stop like interacting with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last island was Jamaica. What did you think of Jamaica? Jamaica, I did not like. They didn't have a beach that was in walking distance, so I wish we would have done an excursion. If I went back to Jamaica, I would definitely do an excursion there. Yeah. Because all that we we just could walk around. They had shops and stuff and some local food. Like when you first get off the boat, it's all seemed to be part of the port where you had to um, be a cruiser to even get into that area. And then once you got past that area, then it was like the local. They had all kinds of stuff that they were selling. But it very much felt the same way. They felt like they really kind of harassed you quite a bit. It wasn't as bad as Haiti, but they definitely were trying to get you to buy stuff. And it was all like... Bob Marley, just like the stereotypical kind of stuff. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It whatever. felt like it, it was very much made for tourists and it wasn't yes. something that yep. I enjoyed. Um, if I were to go, I'm sure that the excursions are probably a lot nicer there. And so I would just done that instead, gone to a, a beach. Yeah, agreed. It, the cruise is if you want to like do just chill and just do your thing, the cruise is probably a good place for you to do that i know mm-hmm. for me i enjoy like uh i i reference going to greece and italy with my son you know last summer that's the kind of experience i liked i liked going to see that old i love our old architecture mm-hmm. you know being in florence seeing all that stuff visiting the Colosseum. that's my jam that's the thing i like and you, i like learning about history and learning yeah. about the people learning about the, the history of the country that that type of thing as well and i don't feel like i got any of that on the cruise 100 percent agreed and there's there's stuff you can do there's always different like activities and stuff on the cruise but none i didn't feel compelled enough to want to do them which partly is because it was the dice tower cruise it wasn't just a regular cruise mm-hmm. um so overall would i cruise again I don't know. Would you? If it wasn't a Dice Tower cruise? Uh, take out the Dice Tower experience? Probably yeah. not. I don't think I'd take my family on a cruise. It's just not my style of vacation. Not because there's anything wrong with it. It's just not my style. Well, it also helps my wife has zero interest in doing a cruise. When I, she was mm-hmm. like, would you do a cruise again? I'm like, I don't think so. She's like, good. I'm glad you got that out of your system. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh. would I do the Dice Tower cruise again? A hundred percent. Yes. Let me tell you all the things where I like to brought the Dice Tower cruise. Please. All right. Now we're going to spend the next 20 minutes just gushing over the Dice Tower experience. Go ahead. The people. It was all about the people. We met some of the most incredible people. So every night you could have dinner and then you could either go to the um, buffet, which was crap. You don't want to do that. You want to go to the fancy dining hall. I disagree. I disagree. And they would serve you dinner and you could sit with the whole dining room was all Dice Tower people. There was about 800 of us. And so every time you'd sit for dinner, you'd sit with different people, which was so fun. And it was so easy to talk with everybody because you yeah. all had one thing in common. We all were fans of the Dice Tower and loved board games. So it was super easy to just strike up a conversation with anybody. And we that's what we did. We met some really incredible people. I I could not agree with you more. It was amazing meeting those types of people. Even when we... Uh, before even getting on the on the boat, we we stayed at the Embassy Suites, which was uh blocked off for Dice Tower people. They had a bunch of blocks of rooms, and then they had a little meetup area the evening before that Saturday before the boat took off. And we went down there and we we sat down with a with a family. It was uh, Paul, Stephanie, 
and Katie, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad with names. I'm 90% sure. So anyway, we sat down, we played Scout, and we were just kind of chatting or whatever, and something came up, and we we're like, hey, you know, what's your favorite game? And I was like, oh, my favorite game is Great Western Trail. And Paul's like, that's my favorite game. And we were like, did you play Argentina? And he's like, no, I want to play it. I'm like, dude, let's play it on the boat. Sure enough, a couple days in, we're playing it on the boat. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it was cool because he also taught us Comic Hunters. Oh, yeah. Which is that uh, that that game that's, I think, in Portuguese. It's a Portugal game, maybe. I don't know. Either way, he taught us. He taught us uh, Comic Hunters, which was a really cool experience. We'll talk about that. We're going to review that game eventually. But um, so just meeting them there and then being able to run into them again at the cruise mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. You know, just to be able to sit down with them, you as you're walking into the Windjammer, which is the buffet place, if you saw them, you stopped and you said hi and like they would stop and say hi to you. The the people 100 percent were amazing. It was, it was so fun. It was so fun to just be in a space where you just constantly run into the same people and you just have this shared experience, you know? Yeah, it was great. So we met we met some cool friends. We were able to connect with them on Facebook. Um, I know we met uh, Ben and John. If, if you guys are listening, you guys were awesome. We need to figure a time out to get together and play some games. I know you guys are in Ohio. Uh, so we sat with them at dinner one time and then I think the rest of the dinners we sat with them. You know, we just ran into him, which was awesome. You know, I met, uh, so with Paul, we played Great Western Trail Argentina, but on the bus ride to the boat, I we met another couple, TJ and Meredith, and mm-hmm. we had talked about Great Western Trail, and they were like, we've never played it. I was like, dude, I want to play Argentina. So when I played Great Western Trail Argentina, I played it once, packed it up, went down, and I ran into them. I was like, we just played it. I was like, you want me to teach it to you? And they're like, heck yeah, played it right after dinner. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, let's do this. So I played it two da- two times in a in a row on the same day, which was awesome. All right, what else? What else did you like besides the people? What was the second best thing? The dice tower people. All right, yeah, the dice tower people. So that was okay. <laughs> we we got a chance to play some games with some dice tower folks, which was cool. Which was really cool. It was awesome. So uh, Tom, we he taught us like a new game, and the best part is he's like, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. We're just going to learn it. And I was like, all right, sounds good, man. So it was cool to be able to like, you know. To get the Tom Vassal experience that yeah. was at the hotel the night before yep. he came out to that. Yep. The Tom Vassal gaming experience was fun. Mm-hmm. And then um, with Foundations of Rome, we actually ran into our, I was coming down into the board game area and Wendy Yee was sitting there and I was like, hey, we're going to play a game. Do you want to come play a game with us? And she's like, yeah, sure. She didn't have anything going on. So then. We sat down, we played Foundations of Rome. Then afterwards, the, one of the other players got up and left, and she's like, have you guys played Vegetable Stock? We're like, no. She's like, it's real quick. Do you want to play it? We're like, yeah, have at it. Let's do this. So then, you know, we're sitting there, and we play that game. And at one point, I was like, I go, uh, Wendy, what's your favorite game of all time? She's like, Brass Birmingham. I was like, what do I got to do <laughs> to get you to teach us Brass Birmingham? She's like, well, uh, I mean, I could do I have time after dinner. I was like, can you, can we please play this game after dinner? She's like, heck yeah, yeah, just meet me. You know, we made plans to meet, you know, in the board game conference room area. And so that night she taught us Brass Birmingham, which I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I need to play it more, but I think that's a top 10 game for me. I love really? it. Yes. It was in you, me, Marty and Wendy were playing it. And even Marty was like, I love this game. And just seeing him, you know, enjoying that game as much as he was like, I think it's like it's like when I played Paladins, I was like, man, I love this game. It's going to be a top 10 game for me. And it became a top 10 game for me. I feel that same way about Brass. Hmm. It's too early for me to decide. It was a thing. It was a definitely a rules heavy game. Had a lot of rules. And it, we were playing it late at night. I was tired. <laughs> oh, you were a little sleepy, were you? I was sleepy. No. I was struggling. The, I was on the struggle bus with that game to keep up with all the rules. But it, <laughs> it was, was a good time. It was a, it was an amazing experience to be able to sit down and play games with her. Wendy was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the so then the following day, we got a chance to play a game with Z and Camilla. Mm-hmm. So we were playing First Empires, and that's when uh, uh, one of Camilla's friends was like, "Oh, I'm gonna move these move these pieces and attack you." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Like I don't like I'm not the best move right now, even though I clearly was. Like, I was trying to talk her out of doing it, and she ended up doing it anyway, which is like, <laughs> ugh. Smart. Yeah, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. 
And then Z was like, nah, it's your best move. And I'm like, I don't know about all that. (laughs) (laughs) Is it though? Is it? Yeah, it was for sure. So as we're playing, I, you know, I was like, hey, Camilla, what's your favorite game? And she's just like, Spirit Island. I'm like, ah, like, what do I got to do to play Spirit Island? And she's just, and she was setting up a game of the new Target version, Spirit Mm -hmm. Island Horizons with a couple other people. And she's like, I'm, I'm going to be playing this game with them. Do you like, do you want to play? And I was like, yes, I, I love Spirit Island. It's like my favorite co-op. I'm down. Plus, I want to try out the new spirits. Let's do this. So the following morning, we were going to play Spirit Island. So then, uh, so we, the next day, we sit down to play Spirit Island. It was, it was unfortunate because the Horizons version of the game only plays up to three. It plays two or three. And there was four of us. And one of the things that the new rulebook does is it goes, it, it kind of goes through the first like turn for people to give them kind of like wingspan mm-hmm. where they're like, do these things and kind of guides you through everything to get a feel for the game. She ended up pivoting a little bit and we ended up taking the base game and then we played like very vanilla spirit Island, but we got to play with the new spirits and we, and there was a, there was a couple that was there that um, we played with and it was just, it was just a fun experience teaching them the game that you really love, you know, and Mm -hmm. seeing them pick up on it and seeing them enjoy it. And like, there was a cool moment where I had this tsunami card and I was like, we were going to win after I like, I tsunamied like all these invaders off the side of the board and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the the funny thing is me and Camilla are sitting there just like geeking out over the like spirits and the language and stuff. There was a couple of times where we had to pause, like the game like paused as we're just like, yeah. And it says this and yeah. Oh my God, it says this. It was, it was awesome. It was an, it was a great experience to be able to play that game with them. So Mm -hmm. especially teaching those new people and they had own, they own the game. They've just never played it. So teaching them that game and them saying, yeah, we really liked it was, it was fun. And we, and obviously we won, which was good too. That's always a good feeling. So. Yeah. I had a lot of fun playing with the Dice Tower folks. And then I would, um, when you were off playing Argentina and you had a few other things that you were doing, I would kind of just wander around the game room. And a couple of times I'd, I'd find people trying to learn a game that I knew how to play. I see, I played, um, I taught Planet Unknown. I was like, Ooh, you guys want me to teach it to you? They're like reading the rule book. And I'm like, I'll teach it to you if you let me play. And they're like, sure. And I did that with Arc Nova and um, Twilight Inscription. So I was excited to be able to play those games again. That was a lot of fun. But I accidentally like destroyed them in Twilight Inscription. But, How do you accidentally destroy somebody? Well, I just won by a lot of points. I don't know about all that. Yeah. They the did accident, well with- accident <laughs> my, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you, you get better at these games the more you play them. So I played a few of those. At one time, I, I was, um, these guys were looking for a game, and I was like, oh, are you guys going to play? Can I join you? And they're like, sure, we're trying to figure out what to play. And I was like, oh, let's play Coinbra. I, I can play that. I can teach you guys. And then we get it out, and I hadn't played it in like a year or two, and I was like, Oh, I, I can't teach you guys this game. That was a bold face lie. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> and then I was like, no problem, no problem. Like, I'll just read the rule book. But, uh, oh, yeah, my uh, nausea medication that I took made me not be able to see anything close up. So I couldn't read the rule book. So I was like, oh, uh, I can't teach you this game. And also, I can't read the rule book. Can you read it? <laughs> so I felt like uh, we did we did learn how to play the game and, and get it going. Fairly quickly, but I kind of felt like a big jerk about that. So I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> played coin bro with me. So to to piggyback on feeling like a jerk when you're teaching a game, I uh, um so we we get there. It's our uh, it was after like the sign up and everything like that. We go down to the little conference area, and Natasha really wanted to teach me woodcraft because oh. I want I wanted to play. I missed out on it this this past. Okay, if you're uh, wondering if Bob and I got along on the cruise. We got along very well, except for this one little tiff. I mean, you had this tiff. Like, I had other ones, but we're not going to get into all those. But um, kidding. So (laughs) you were so mad at me. So I saw. So she's like, I'm grabbing Woodcraft. And I was like, all right, whatever. She's like, we'll play two-player Woodcraft. We only had an hour, but we're going to play two-player. So no problem. We can do it in an hour. Because we had to get to the first time meeting for the All right. I'm going to stop you right there. It was like an hour and a half. Anyway. We had an hour and a half. Sure, we two players, no problem. It should it should be no problem. So then, um, uh, I notice a couple flags sitting on a table, and it's need players and need teacher, and it's tapestry. And you guys know how much I love tapestry. So I went over there and I was like, I go, can we play tapestry? Like, let's play tapestry. And then I was just like, do you guys need more players? And they're like, well, we're at four right now, so we could take a fifth. And I was like, eh, that's all right. 
And I go, do you need somebody to teach you? And they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, I can teach you guys tapestry. So then like, Natasha's- you go, you, you set up woodcraft and I'll teach tapestry. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because, you know, Bob can probably teach it in about five minutes. No, no, I can't. I can't teach it that quickly. Uh, so anyway, I start, <laughs> start teaching tapestry. 45 minutes goes by. I was helping him through the first couple turns. I just wanted to help him to get a candle on the game. It's fine, Bob. I'll just it's- sit here and wait for you. <laughs> she was so mad. She was so mad at me. Because uh, I really wanted to teach you that game. So then, so we find, I finally wrap up the teaching of tapestry and then we sit down. We don't have enough time. She's like, well, I'll just, I'll just teach you the game. We'll, we'll just go through a couple rounds or whatever, just so you know how it is. So when we sit down, we can just play. I was like, all right, sounds good. So she, she teaches it to me and we play, I don't know, like through a season or whatever, one set of rounds. Yeah. And then we have to go do a couple other things. So fast forward later on the, in the cruise. We sit down to play Woodcraft and we get a brand new player. So she has to teach it all over again, (laughs) (laughs) which was fine. That that wasn't fine. I was just mad at Bob for volunteering to teach tapestry. I was just trying to I was just I was just trying to advocate for positive experiences for people by teaching people games that they didn't know how to play. Yeah. When you didn't already make plans with your friend. I mean, whatever. I'm over it. I'm not mad about it anymore. It doesn't sound like it. you're over. It doesn't sound like you're over it at all. I'm we just got saying. to play it. All is well in the world. This is true. All is well in the world. We did also get a chance to play a game with Mike Delicio. That, so that was fun. That was fun. That was a good time. If, if it was, it was a bummer because he had he only had a little bit amount of time, so we had to play something a little bit on the shorter end of things. But it was still cool to be able to sit down with him. Um, you're just, you know, there's just a handful left that we got to play games with, and then we've we've made the rounds of the mm-hmm. dice tower people. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. But yeah, the the cruise was a man, it was a really solid experience. I was I was surprised how little we played board games. I did play a lot of games. I probably played 20, 20 plus games. Um, but I I don't know, I was expecting for like a whole week of games, I was expecting to get a ton of gaming in and I got a lot less than what I expected. So if I go again, I'll like lower my expectations about the number of games I'm gonna play. I agree. It it was one of those things that I thought we would get be gaming twenty four seven basically. Mm-hmm. But you're stopping at the islands and you're getting off there, and that's killing time. And the time it takes to eat, that's a big part of your t- day. Like you get up in the morning, you have breakfast, you play a game, then you stop, you eat lunch. You know, there's two things. Number one, the eating thing. You said the dining room was was better than the than the buffet area. Yes and no. The problem with the dining room is it was slow. You sit down at like 5.30 and there would be times where we'd still be sitting there after 7 o'clock. See, I enjoy that. I enjoy sitting down for a long time, taking our time and not being rushed. And, and I enjoyed talking to the people. That was my favorite experience was eating in the dining room. I ate in the dining room breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I ate by myself because I you enjoyed First of so all, you didn't, eat, you didn't eat breakfast there. You ate breakfast at the buffet place. A couple but times, but a couple whatever. times I did eat. The, I it, I, the buffet place was fine, you know. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. They had lots of food, lots of choices. Yes, they did. That was the problem I had with the dining room. It was just too slow. I, I enjoyed that. But it, it, did, it did hamper the amount. Of, like, that's what I thought, too. I thought we would play so many games, but you didn't. And mm-hmm. we never – we did play to – we did play the crew, but we didn't go through the set of the crew. It just didn't work itself out. No, we were just busy. We just were doing other things. And we were tired by the end of the day because we'd been out all day in the sun. It was it was very much a vacation where board games were a big thing, big theme of it. But it wasn't necessarily like a convention where you play board games the whole time. Yeah. You know, agreed. it was very different than a convention. Yeah. Yep. I would definitely recommend it. Like, if you're interested at all, I would highly recommend it just for the experience of being around other board gamers, getting you to a big vacation together. It's a great one to bring your family because you can do things with your family, but they can also kind of go off and do their own thing so you can still play board games. You don't have to feel like you need to hang out with your family. You can, they can definitely go play by the pool while you play board games, you know? Yes, I, I agree with that. They, uh, Tom Vassell often prides himself as having like the friendliest conventions Mm -hmm. you know that is one of the things he's striving for is to have to have some of the friendliest conventions and i'm gonna say this was the easiest i ever had interacting with getting games played and just overall having just talking and meeting new people 
this mm-hmm. was probably the easiest convention. And it's like, I call it a convention because in some ways it felt like it. Um, it was the easiest by far. Mm-hmm. Like I've, you know, going to Origins or whatever, it's even with the flags up, you know, in our local convention at Grand Con, it's not the same as it was there. It was just easy. Yes. It was, it was effortless. The whole thing was just very welcoming. Like everyone felt like they were all part of this one big same shared experience. It was very much, uh, I don't know, you kind of just grow close with all these people. and. Even though you don't even meet everybody, everyone's just busy doing their own thing. It was it was really just a, an experience. Yeah, the the second annoying thing besides dinner taking a long time is um the so the the conference area where the game library was held was on um I don't it was on the aft of the ship maybe I don't remember I don't know exactly but it was on one part of the ship and it was it was on deck two and it was a very small gaming area. So people would rent games and they would go play at the place for dinner, which was Sapphire or that was during the day. And then at night you could play at Windjammer, which was the buffet place. But in order to get that, you basically had to like cross the the ship to the other side because mm-hmm. to get the you would be on one side of the ship. And it's not like you could just walk across deck two to get to the other shop. No, you basically had to like do a loop. To get to the yeah, other you're, spot. You're getting, you're getting a lot of steps in on this show. Yeah, you did get your steps in. And then there's there's. You stairs. don't need to worry about burning um off your dinner. or your If you want three desserts, that's fine because you're going to walk them all off. Yeah, if you want some tiramisus, you can have your tiramisus and still be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but aside from that, yeah, the the experience was great. So I would I would do another Dice Tower cruise. I don't know if I would do another just cruise. I agree completely. I would want the experience of the Dice Tower, the friendships that we that we made. Those are really unique and one of a kind experience. Cruising, I could take or leave the cruise itself, but being able to do it with other um, like minded people, which was really cool. Yep. You know, they did a, f- a few events for us where we get to go to the shows with the Dice Tower put on. That was fun. It was, a, you know, it was just a really unique experience and it definitely is something to consider doing. You know, it's a great board gaming experience that you can bring your family on and have yeah. a great family vacation or you you can like bob and i just leave your family behind and go without them which was you know just fun. as fun <laughs> you know what's the best part about that is so i'm like at work and people are like oh are you you were on the cruise and i was like yeah and they start asking me questions about it so i'll start telling them and they'll be like so what did your family do when uh you were playing games and i'm like i I'm like, I didn't bring my family. <laughs> and they're like, you didn't? And I was like, no, nah, this is more like a, this was more like a, uh, like a friend's friend, friendcation, friend vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's more like that. <laughs> and they're like, I can't believe your, your wife let you get away with that. And I was like, first of all, she doesn't, she didn't let me get away with it. Like she has z- like no joke, zero desire for a cruise. Yeah. I don't think she would have liked it. Uh, it's not a thing for her. She, she loves wandering in a city getting lost and experiencing the culture a cruise is not her thing no i i did feel a little guilty not taking my kids but they would have had a pull out of school they would have enjoyed it my husband same thing as ashley he would have hated it he would have hated being trapped on the boat i will say i got disoriented the first couple nights i didn't have any patches or the like the cuff like pressure point stuff i didn't have any of that I did get disoriented, which was weird. It was a weird feeling. It was like like I wasn't nauseous and I wasn't dizzy. I was just disoriented. But by the time the cruise ended, I was fine. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Yeah, I definitely got dizzy from the movement of the ship. Um, my patch prevented me from getting nauseous, which was great. But I would stand up and I was like, ooh, I had too many drinks. And I was like, I didn't drink at all. Yeah, <laughs> just that's had exactly this, how like, it felt. Dizzy feeling, but it, you kind of got over it. It was fine. Yeah. I would definitely do again if it was another Dice Tower cruise. Yeah. I, I'm mainly excited to do the other Dice Tower events. I signed up for Dice Tower East and Dice Tower Retreat. I'm excited to go to those. And then I'll do some serious gaming the whole time. I get my food delivered to me, so I won't even have to get up. Probably won't get my steps in, though. <laughs> Jeez. That's the best. What, what, did, uh, what does Chris want? What is, he wants to do a GoFundMe for a board game caddy. Just so they can't, they can set up the game for you and teach you how to play it. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. What do I got to do to get a board game caddy? Like, what do we got to do? Like, how can we money. make that you, happen? You yeah. need money. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a different income level than what uh, what I'm currently at, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. They can go reserve the game, check it out for you, set it up, read the rule book, teach you the game. Yeah. Recruit yeah. friends to play with you. Although yeah, when you done. got money, you probably don't need anybody to recruit friends. They'll come to you. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, they want a little bit of that cash for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Uh, leave us a review and check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Send us your questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week.